Can you tell us a little bit about your track, T-Side, You're All Right, and what inspired you to write it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, like, so I'm not I'm not from the northeast. I'm from um, the northwest. I'm from Chester, you know, where Hollyoaks comes from, and uh, they've got a really good zoo. You used to be able to hear the seals at night, but you don't need to know that. Um, so, and I, and I live in Durham as well, which is kind of between um, Tyneside and Teesside, really, and obviously physically, but also kind of culturally as well. Um, so I kind of see, I'm, I kind of see Teesside as a slight outsider, like slightly on the cusp. So Teesside, you're right, was a song that I kind of I wrote this summer, and it came really quickly. I just started writing the first verse, and I think I wrote it in a night. Um, and it's just all about my kind of experiences of when I first started coming up to Middlesbrough. I had a friend who lived there. Um, I came to watch football when I was a teenager. I support Chester City, who are a tiny club, and we came to Middlesbrough and got tonked 6 0. Um, so it's a little bit about that. Um, and it's also kind of, as it gets on, it's about kind of the experience of playing gigs in, in the area, in Stockton and Middlesbrough, um, and how they've been unusual but fantastic experiences, I guess. Um, so it's, a, it's, it's a bit about all of that really I, I like a, there's, a, there's a line about playing Healapalooza last year at the festival at base camp and I remember turning up and just being turned up by myself and not really knowing anyone um, and um, it's often the way with gigs I think you, you kind of turn up and feel a bit like oh what am I doing this for but it's always worth it and you always come out with real positives and it was like a switch flicking really after I did my set it was just like oh this is the greatest place ever <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, I didn't feel kind of uh, kind of lonely anymore. So yeah, it's it's a bit about all of that. It's also I think the last verse is a bit about um, traveling to pick up a pick up a chair that we bought on eBay once, and it was out near Gisborne somewhere. So we were up kind of on the is it the Cleveland Hills? I guess when you're kind of up high up and you and you can see um, kind of miles. So I don't, I don't know. It's just a kind of a series of little um, little kind of episodes and stories about um, about Teesside and my kind of. How, where I've kind of touched upon it in my life and stuff. I like Teesside. It's all right, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> nice ending. <laughs> How would you say that the Teesside music scene is now compared to your feelings, for example, when you first played, played bass camp, as you just mentioned there? I find the northeast in general um, a really kind of tight music scene, by which I mean not cliquey, but um, everyone knows each other and it doesn't take that long to kind of meet a few people and think, oh, they, you know, you kind of quickly network with quite a lot of bands and a lot of people. So I'd say it's very friendly um, and there's some people doing really good work um, like um, Basecamp and, and Avenue works there and, um, you know, people at the Georgian in Stockton and, and everything. Um, I'm also friends with Spooker Records who, who kind of do some stuff at the West Garth, up in the attic in the West Garth and stuff. It's kind of perfect for pre-COVID times when you can get loads of sweaty people in a room um, with no social distancing, but probably struggling a bit now. But yeah, I played a couple of gigs there that were great fun. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say, yeah, I'd say it's very friendly and that there's loads of um, kind of really interesting bands. I've never played Hartlepool. I've got a soft spot for Hartlepool just as a as a, as a, as a day trip out to the out the headland and stuff. Um, I really like Mount Misery and uh, James Leonard Hewitt and bands like that. So I'd love to play Hartlepool at some point. How would you say that it differs? So you said you've been making music for like six years. So was part of that when you were living in Sheffield? Oh, sorry. No, I'm, I'm really old. I'm 41 years old. I'm not hide that. Um, <laughs> so I've been kind of making this kind of music um, and um, gigging with it, I think, in the Northeast. I've lived in the Northeast for about 15 years. 
Um, oh, okay. But previously, I'd played in bands in Sheffield, and I played in bands when I was a kid in in Chester and around Liverpool and stuff. Um, so compared with them, yeah, it's it's I guess it's like a like the way it all kind of networks up is 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 um is quite interesting. Whereas in Sheffield, I kind of felt it was a bit more kind of it was great. It was really good good nights and stuff, but it was in small pockets. Whereas here, everyone seems to know each other a bit more. I don't I don't know if that's true. Can you tell us a bit about your name that you've chosen, Faithful Johannes? What made you choose that? Are you implying, Chloe, that that's not my real name? <laughs> the listeners don't know that. <laughs> it's um, so yeah. So I start. Um, I was in a band called Outside Your House, and we played we played around Newcastle and Middlesbrough and stuff. And it was me and my friend Johnny. Um, and it was similar to what I do now in terms of it's quite spoken word focused. We used to hit drums a bit and uh, and that. So right from the start of that band, I thought. I, you know, I need to kind of have an insurance policy here, so that so that when we break up, which we will in a bit, I can like kind of keep going with it, you know. So so kind of when we started doing stuff, I didn't really want to be known as my own name, partly because it's a bit of a boring name. So when we started doing that kind of music, which I think again, I think it's back to 2014, we put a Christmas single out then, so we must have been doing stuff. Um, I kind of was on the eye out for a name, um, and I. Again, this is just a, a weird insight into my life. Um, I, I, I was reading, I was reading my girlfriend bedtime stories, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we, and we were reading like the grim fairy tales, and um, one of those is called Faithful Johannes, and it's about, um, I think it's just German for John Johannes, really. Um, so it's about um, a, a king whose faithful servant, Faithful Johannes, um, ends up. If I remember it right, at least a while since I've read it, to be honest, um, he gets advised by some crows while he's on a ship that he needs to do a certain, a certain number of things to save his master, which involve things like killing his favourite dog and maybe shooting his horse, just doing really bizarre things and not explaining why he's doing them um, to save his, his master. He does all that and his master gets really angry because he's killed things that he loves. Um, so he gets turned into stone and... But then it all works out in the end. That's about all I can remember of it. But basically, I just thought it was quite a nice name. I was on the lookout, and that kind of crossed my path. So I just thought, down. yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's very memorable. It sticks in your head, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like it's 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 not a name that you can forget. No, not at all. Oh, cheers. Um, yeah, it's just a bit random. I just quite quite liked it. People struggle with whether it's Johannes or Johannes or or things like that. And people call me. There's still people that have like. Twitter been been friends on Twitter with for years who who, who only you know Kingsley you know Kingsley Hall who was in Benefits Band and oh yeah um, yeah and obviously it was Kingsley Chapman and everything yeah Kingsley thought I was called Johannes for years until about three weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> um, and some people call me Faithful as well um, Bob Fisher used to always call me Faithful which <laughs> um, <laughs> is strange. Um, and you also get some quite religious kind of messages sometimes because you got faithful in your in your Twitter handle and stuff. It kind of brings that that element to it. That's fine. <laughs> would you um would you say that like your persona sort of who you are, and in every in every you know every your everyday life compared to who you are maybe when you're performing or making music? Would you say that's like the same person? Because speaking to you now, you know you're, you're quite softly spoken and quite a genteel person in, in like the nicest kind of way but for example when I was listening to uh watching the video that you did on on your Facebook account uh, to go with your new Christmas single very outgoing very out there 
great watch, by the way. If anyone's not seen that video, get onto Facebook and give that a watch. What What would you say? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think like um, Faith Johannes is like a persona, definitely to an extent. Um, you know, it's but it's always like forty nine percent autobiography and 51% made up um, in terms of the subject matter and things. Um, I think there needs to be a kind of truth in what you're writing. You know, I think if you're going to, especially something that's quite lyrical, I think you've got to try and find it, things in there that are, that kind of ring true and that are things that you feel. Um, I think it just comes from playing really raggy gigs, to be honest. When it, when we first started out doing stuff, it was... Such a bro word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just saying that's such a, such a Middlesbrough word to use it's really weird hearing you say that word <laughs> Raji but, um, but yeah I think it's the only way to describe it um, we used to play in um, it's not open anymore um, but we used to play in a place called Empty Shop in Durham which was great um, and it had like one room at a bar and it had a, a separate room for, for performance and stuff and the room was just like someone's living room essentially a bit like Disgraceland is in, mm. in, in Middlesbrough um, and there wasn't a stage, <clears throat> and I used to see bands there and be frustrated that I couldn't hear them, and that I couldn't, and the, a lot of the crowd couldn't see them because there was no stage. So if anyone was like below a certain height, they were just like, uh. so from that I used to take a footstool with me so people could see me, and I used to climb on that, and I used to make signs with my lyrics on to kind of wave in front so people at least got some lines out of it, and that ended. I still do that now. I still wave signs around. It used to take a stool to every gig, but these days most places have got stages, so it feels a bit weird being on a. I played I played Washington Arts Centre once because um, <laughs> my friend's band Dennis were playing, and um, so and there's like 250 people there, and the stage was as high as my chest, but I still took the stool, so I stood on a stool <laughs> on top of a big stage. It just looked really stupid, so I've stopped kind of doing the stool bit now. Um, so yeah, so I think my kind of persona to answer your question, um, where it's a bit kind of angsty, is partly out of nerves just to shake that free. And partly also just because we played a lot of kind of ratchet gigs. Live, I'd always try and be memorable. I guess that's where my stupid dancing comes from. But I'd also like hand out, um, I used to always hand out little messages to the crowd. I'd write 30, 40 different messages and then go and hand them out in the middle of my set about random things. Normally, if I was running short of sage sage advice or philosophy, it would be just facts about nature. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I kind of used, used to, used to always do that so people would at least go who's that crazy guy um, because <laughs> you know even if you don't like the music at least you remember that weird guy who gave me a message about um looking after my house plans um, so yeah so it's kind of it's a performance isn't it yeah can you tell us about your latest christmas single it's okay to be alone this christmas yeah so i do a christmas single every year and i'm planning to do it for the rest of my life um that's um, and again. That's another performance thing. I'm saying that it just sounds really dramatic, doesn't it? <laughs> <Rest> <laughs> <of that>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so this year's and, and normally to be honest, I don't start them till the end of November. I can't feel the the Christmas vibe early enough. But this one, I, I started um, started around October time, and then um, then from so I'd, I'd already kind of put the drums, the bass, some like a brass synth on it, and kind of got most of it, most of the lyrics done. And then and it's kind of so it's called "It's Okay to Be Alone." Uh, this Christmas and it is directly born out of this year I guess you know and the number of people that won't be spending Christmas with the people that they maybe would normally want to um but I think it's also like a, a more of a general kind of thing you know because people there will be people that will be spending Christmas by themselves anyway and so it's kind of like an arm around the shoulder to them and, and just say you know it's just one day it's not let's not make a massive fuss about it There's, you can still have plenty of plenty of good times 
Yeah, it's a really difficult time of year, I think, Christmas for some people. Uh, you know, like, they can have bereavements or big things happen in their life, a lot of breakups happen around Christmas. And um, it's quite nice to hear a single that kind of acknowledges that it, it's not quite a festive time for some people. Yeah, there's a bit of, there's definitely a lot of bit of sweet in Christmas, I think, isn't there? Um, my, my song last year was called You Don't Like Christmas Songs, and um, it was kind of inspired. I mean, it's it's a jolly little, it's a jolly tune, but it's also inspired by like a friend I had whose parents broke up at Christmas when he was a kid, and he, he just, it triggered him, you know what I mean? <laughs> Hearing Christmas songs in all the shops, he, he just felt, I can't believe you're laughing now. Um, he just felt... I feel bad, but it's such a British thing um, yeah. to do, isn't it? Just to um, laugh at like yeah. bad things that yeah. happen. So it kind of came out of that and kind of like, imagine if you were in a relationship with someone who just really kind of had a bit of reaction to them. Um, and the rest of that song's about um, like the stress of Christmas shopping, which I find awful. Every, every December I get really stressed out. Could you tell us about just about Dustin, your the unprecedented success with that single, and what it was like maybe to be catapulted into the national limelight? Because you you got played twice on Tom Robinson's show on on Radio Six. So the chorus is about um, you know when you have like false memories. It's about having a memory of being able to levitate as a child, um, which I'm pretty sure I couldn't. Um, but I feel like. I can have like a real clear memory of being able to float up to the ceiling and just drift around the, the downstairs with no one noticing. <laughs> um, which I don't know. It's probably my way of coping with something that happened as a kid. But um, so the, the the chorus is about that. The rest of it is um, I don't know. The, the rest of it I quite like the rest of it, but I wouldn't, wouldn't say it's particularly about anything in particular. Um, but yeah, so um, so yeah, it got picked up um, by Tom Robinson. Um, who's played? He's played me quite a few times. I think I don't know. He, he's, I'm probably up to about ten Tom Robinson plays or something now. So he's been really supportive. Um, like normally, not normally. That's a bit a bit strong. But three or four times now, he's picked up my single, played it on the mixtape, and then played it on the Saturday night show as well. He like picks a couple of shows to fit him doing a Saturday night. So yeah, it's good. I think when we when we first received like your your tracks as submissions for our show. We could kind of see that trajectory, couldn't we? That, you know, that that success was due to come. So I don't think we were too surprised when you got that national radio play no, with this new single. We, we could see it coming. Yeah. yeah. What are your plans in 2021? What, what are your plans? What are you planning to, to do? Um, you, do you mean musically, Chloe? Like, or, yeah. do you have any news for the fans, yeah. kind of thing of what's okay. coming up? I was going to talk about the um, the clothes dryer that needs gluing back together, but I'll, uh, <laughs> I've been putting that off for a long time. Um, so yeah, so to answer it seriously, sorry, I've got um, I've got uh, um, there's a remix of Dust coming out in January by Me Lost Me by Jane, who does Me Lost Me, um, and then on the fifth of February, I'm putting a four track EP out, which has got Dust on it, and. Um, that's coming out on like a really short run of vinyl, um, like really short run, because um, I don't think I'll sell that many, so I've just done a few. Um, oh, and then don't say I've, that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, yeah, so that that's happening. And then I've got I've got an album that's pretty much written, and it's um, it's got like a story running all the way through it, so all the tracks are linked. Um, so it's kind of like the most complete kind of big thing I've done. Most of the music's done. I kind of need, need to nail my lyrics a bit, get them a bit tighter. Um, so the plan is I've got a week off work in January and the plan is by the end of January to have that all mixed 
They're ready to be made and kind of build up to, to release that in kind of May, June time. So hopefully, like I'm pretty sure I've got an album and an EP out next year, <laughs> which will be great. And then I'm working on a couple of other collaborations with people. So it might even be, obviously there'll be a Christmas song as well. Um, so hopefully loads of stuff, hopefully loads of music coming out. Gigs wise, um, we've got something that might be happening in February, but you just don't know we're locked down. Mm-hmm. And then um, just have to hope when things open up that people remember me and I get some gigs then. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I'm hoping that the festival I was going to do this summer will happen next summer. Um, so that was going to be pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds like this. you've got some yeah. really great things lined up for next year and I'm sure we can't wait to, to yeah. hear what you've got to offer. Especially the EP in February. Yeah, very excited to yeah. hear the remix as well. 